Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Hi everyone! If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe for free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hello everyone! Welcome to the Greener Side, your guide to all things immigration. And today we are going to the land of the morning calm, South Korea. It's not a surprise that this country is on the bucket list of many Filipinos because we are really riding the Korean wave. Ako personally, hindi ako masyadong exposed sa South Korean culture and media except for Blackpink. Sila yung most played artist ko sa Spotify last year. Blackpink in your area. But anyway, marami nagtatanong sa atin kung paano nga ba makakapagtrabaho sa South Korea. Gusto nating malaman kung ito ba ang bansang para sa atin, ang ating promised land. And what is it like to actually live there? Well, here with us today is Adrian D. or Eddie, who moved to Seoul last 2017. He moved under a D8 visa and that, plus South Korea's culture, is what we are going to talk about today. Very exciting. Hi, Eddie, and welcome to The Greener Side. Hi everyone, uh, glad to be here. I hope I'll be able to meet expectations. If not, habulin yun na lang si Kring afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Grabe siya. Kamusta ka na, Eddie? So far, so good. I think in these times, it's just important to keep safe, keep healthy, right? And uh, maintain, you know, your your connections with your friends and family. And so far, I've been doing that. So yeah, I think all is good here. Uh, just very excited to be here with, with Kring, especially after a few years of not being able to have this kind of conversation. It's really nice to see a friendly face again. So yeah, yes. I'm here to really support your podcast uh, as well. Wow, thank you so much, Eddie. For anybody who who's curious, we used to be classmates, Eddie and I, sa Ateneo. So, doon kami nagkakilala. So, Eddie, for our listeners, could you tell us, sino ba si Eddie? Eddie D? Well, siguro, I'll just go to brief history. So, like many Filipinos, I was also someone who was very interested in Korean culture, whether that's through K-pop or K-drama. So, I think that's what really sparked my interest in moving to this country at some point. And I didn't think it would have been possible. So, that's a bit of me. I've been here for already five years, more or less. It's been fun. I think there were certain things that met my expectations, of course, as a Korean culture fan. But, syempre, there are also things that would hit you in certain ways that you didn't expect it to be. I would say that my obsession with the K-pop culture has died down uh, because after a while, <laughs> of course, you get if you're exposed to it every day here, you kind of get sick of it. But there are other things about Korea which I also discovered that I've come to love, you know, aside from the food, but also, let's say, even other aspects of the culture. I came here to work. I got assigned here on an expatriation assignment from my mother company in the Philippines. So far, I'm really enjoying my work. But at the same time, of course, there are differences in the cultures, which I think we will discuss anyway later. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I don't, if you guys are interested in any other aspect, you know, just send a follow-up message to Kring, then maybe I can answer it for her afterwards. Yes, yes. Grabe, nakaka-excite naman to. Excited na ako to learn more about South Korea through you, Eddie. So, nakapunta ka dyan because of your mother company, And you got there through a D8 visa, is that correct? Yes. So a D8 visa, there's some classifications of what a D8 visa is like. The primary classification of a D8 visa is for corporate investors. So if you're a foreigner who's willing to invest money into Korea to start your own business, this is usually the visa that they give you. I think there's like a minimum amount of money that you have to invest for you to get this visa. But another classification of the, this visa, which which is the one I have, would be if you are assigned to a 
company here in Korea on a supervisory role. So this is usually the visa they give for expatriates. So in that sense, yeah, that's basically the visa that I have right now. I'll try my best to answer questions later of what other kinds of visa are available for Filipinos who want to, to move here. But I think that's basically uh, what, what I have right now. And so in the 8 visa, they give it to investors and at the same time, they also give it to employees who are on a supervisory role like a manager? Correct, like a manager or yeah, or a supervisor, correct. Mm. Mm, okay, so could you tell us what was the process that you went through? What documents did you need to be able to get that visa? Actually, the visa requirements were quite straightforward because you would usually have a with a embassy in of Korea in the Philippines, right? What's important though in attaining this visa is a endorsement letter, right, or an, a letter of appointment that comes from your mother company, not the mother company in the Philippines or Korea, but the global mother company. So I had to get mine first from Switzerland, actually, that they were saying that yes, we're attesting or we're backing up the fact that this person has to go to this country. So I think that's the key document that has to to be submitted and it has to have the, let's say, the genuine hard copy. So I think they're much more stricter now in allowing foreigners to work in Korea just because of COVID. But before that, I think they were a bit more, I, I, I wouldn't say lax because it was also a process, but things definitely have tightened up since COVID came. But I think that was the most important document that I had to submit. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this G8 visa, let's say that I am... A Filipino who doesn't work exactly for a, a company, a multinational company that has a South Korean branch, and I just apply one day at natanggap ako sa isang company that's in Korea, would I also be given a D8 with these circumstances? It really depends also on the position you're holding in the organization. If you're really someone who will be, let's say, a manager, a junior manager, or a supervisor, as I shared, it is possible to get this type of visa. But if not, there are multiple other work visas that are available in Korea. Of course, some of them, if people just go to to the website of Dole and whatnot, they will be able to to really see the variety of work visas. But I think that the main difference of a D8 visa would, with those other uh, work visas would be those other work visas would require you to go to our Department of Labor and Employment, right? To really register as an OFW. But as if you're holding a D8 visa, you don't necessarily have to do that because it is, how should I say this? There's like an explicit agreement that you are on an intra-company agreement that like Philippines, I'm letting you borrow my employee for a specific period of time right and after right. that this person has to return there's like a fixed period which you have to work in korea so even my visa would have its limits so at some point if i do want to stay here longer then i have to find a way to, i have to find a way to convert this the status of my visa i can't be at the eight forever right and and you've been there for five years now right 2017 correct yeah correct. five years yeah okay so yung visa how long does it uh how long before it expires I think it can be extended, but you have to renew it, I think, every one or two years. So to be, I think mine, I had to review it, uh, renew it every two years. So it's not a difficult process as long as you're able to justify that the company still needs you for a specific period of time. But usually, a D8 visa is considered as a long-term visa. But if you would want to have a bit more stability in le- looking for more work options, right? Of course, I love my company. I want to stay in my company a bit longer, but you also want to have that sense of flexibility, I would say, that if you want to explore another industry, then AD8 might not necessarily be the best visa to hold. And I think we can discuss a bit on that later as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So apart from the uh, application form and the letter from the main, the head of the, the branch stating that they are allowing you, yes, you are working in South Korea. What else would you need? I think not a lot of documents. You really just have to follow because this is what I really love about the Korean embassy. They're very transparent as to everything that you need. All the attachments, all the application forms are already um, included in their website. So I just know that because of COVID, there are 
additional agreements require are uh, regarding quarantine for example or reporting your health condition but i think if i remember correctly you also had to submit medical certificate cer- certifying that you're not someone with tuberculosis <laughs> i think yeah, that's important yeah. i think i am not sure if it's only in korea but i i'm sure in other countries they do require a certain medical certificate as well but other than that more or less everything is already in the embassy's website so i would say that it's not a very complicated process because right now since i work in the human resources department of my company i do see that the requirements if you are a foreigner entering to this to a korean company they really are a bit more strict down to the let's say spelling of the letter of assignment so <laughs> let's say the mother company how they spell their the name of the company is just a bit different because of language differences that's yeah. something that they will really scrutinize unlike back then they would just say oh, okay globally it's a well known company they're more or less the same okay let's let it pass but right now because of covid it really changed everything even down to the last typo they have to really check everything just to allow a filipino to work here <laughs> wow just a filipino or is this yeah. a global thing I would say it's a global thing but I mean whether we like it or not there are increasing um there's increased scrutiny for countries that may not be that of the first world right yeah. uh, it's not even just in work documents I even felt it when I was applying for a time deposit account in a bank it's not even a loan just opening a savings account there is really a certain I don't want to say it's discrimination because I have no proof. I am not someone who will say that it's discrimination if I don't have proof, but I would just say that even the banking industry is tightening its regulations for high-risk countries like the Philippines. So it is a bit difficult being a Filipino here in Korea if you want to have the full range of social services. Mhm. Although Eddie, you know, you look like a Korean man. So <laughs> I just thank I think... my parents for my Chinese blood. So <laughs> Oh, yeah. so bakay you have it easier than other people who actually, don't look necessarily Korean. Actually, Kring, that is a common misconception. Sometimes it's better to look like a foreigner outright, right? Because mm-hmm. in a way, they would try to treat you differently. So if I was, let's say, a Westerner going to a bank, they would really try to give you the whole, you know, the whole, the whole menu of services that they would have. But mm-hmm. because I do look Asian, they do not necessarily see me as a foreigner so this level of service might be that of you know like a local which which works sometimes but sometimes it it's also difficult to convince them that hey i'm a foreigner i need extra help so it really forced me to to learn the language to try to really adapt to the culture as opposed to let's say someone who's sorry to say it's someone who's white right they mm-hmm. probably have it easier adjusting here because you know i mean globally if you're white i would say they would they would try to help you a bit more right so yeah yeah, yeah that's uh i think a universal experience sadly for us people of color and True. how yeah right but uh eddie how long did it take before you got your visa from when you started applying for it so fast i think uh less than Because back then, I think less than a month. Because wow. the good thing was the company was also helping me expedite a lot of the documents, and I think the most I had to do was a personal appearance, of course, at the embassy itself. But other than that, I it was quite fast. I'm not really sure that I can speak for the experience of those getting other types of visas, but I would say that the Korean embassy is quite efficient in in processing its visa requests. So if they say it's really gonna come in within Three days or five days, they really—it just happens. So that's one thing that I at least appreciated about the process. Yeah, yeah, that is really, really fast. And for people who do want to work there in South Korea, what industries are more open to getting foreign talent, or at least people who speak English only? So I think in this one, to everybody listening to this podcast, I encourage you to listen to Kring's episode on Japan. So it's a bit similar. Korea, Japan, and China, or these North Asian countries, there you really would have limited options in terms of employment if you do not speak their language. Typically, I would see Filipinos working in South Korea would really work for blue collar jobs, such as factory work. There's not a lot of options really for people who want in Seoul, right? Or 
if you want to work in a professional setting if you do not have the support of your mother company or an external company. So I would really say that the range of jobs is quite limited for Filipinos. Uh, a lot of it is really, again, either you're working in the provinces or you're working for for jobs that may not necessarily pay as high as you expect them to be. So it's quite limited if you really do not have that language ability, which is, which is very important because Korea is such a high context society, meaning you really need to know the nuances in terms of language, the nuances in terms of culture. And if you're unable to convey that in their language, there is some difficulty that you would have to overcome for you to get a wider range of jobs. I would say, though, that my typical recommended path for people who want to work in Korea is try to study the language first in the Philippines or come here on a student visa. I think that will actually open more opportunities for you as opposed to you being a working professional and you suddenly just want to jump to Korea, it's not as flexible as if you want to go to Singapore or to Hong Kong where there would be more openness or more openness to diversity and inclusion. I would say it's still a very homogeneous society here in Korea. Yeah, so Eddie, paano ka nakapunta dyan? Uh, were you already fluent in Korean when you got there? Actually, coming here in 2017 wasn't my first time to be in Korea. I actually came to Korea already three times on vacation. So I already studied some basic Korean before I came here just because of my interest of the culture. But in terms of how I got assigned here was in my company, I put it initially like a... Because in, in a company, they usually ask you what are your career aspirations, what do you want to do in the future. And in hindsight, just for fun, I put it in my like personal employee data sheet that I want to go to Korea at some point. Uh, <laughs> and it happened. Like I didn't expect it to happen because I was really just focused on the fact that I just want to work well. I want to do a good job. If it happens, great. But there was like a minimal chance of it happening because the Korean branch of that company here is also quite small. So in the Philippines, just to give you an idea, the company there has been in existence for over a hundred years. But in Korea, that same company has just been here for what, like seven years? So it's quite small. We're just a hundred. So the chance of a foreigner going to this company was quite small, but it happened and I just took the opportunity when it came. Yeah. Wow, you must have been so elated, thrilled, excited to have been transferred to the South Korean branch, weren't you? I, I think at the beginning... Everybody would have that feeling of excitement that, okay, there's a lot of possibilities. I wasn't even thinking of it yet at that point as a permanent plan to reside here. I just wanted to, okay, I just do well. If I do well and they're happy but they cannot, let's say, absorb me into their company, then fine. I'm happy to go back to the Philippines, right? Because in a way, in life, you just have to be open to different experiences. But if they are happy with me and they want to, me to stay a bit longer, then I I'm also grateful for that opportunity. So, of course, once you come here, you then see the realities of different things, both good and bad. Then you just come to a decision whether this is something you can live with or this is something that you cannot live with. And I would say that living alone in another country, as you may experience also, is not really just a field of roses or a bed of roses, right? There are difficulties that are associated with it. And I can share with you transparently that not all Filipinos who got expatriated in other countries from my mother company actually loved the experience. Some of them wanted to go back to the Philippines immediately. I think it really depends on your personality, your goals as well. And I think for me, I was able to adjust because I'm also not someone who needs a lot of human interaction to thrive. Mm. I don't want to say I'm a loner, but I can find ways to amuse myself. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I, I'm not someone who needs always to be with friends or with family. So I think Korea as a society is similar to that. There are a lot of people here who tend to keep themselves in a very private setting. So I think I was able to adjust. But I would also say that it's not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's a lot to unpick here, no? In the terms of the culture, there are a lot of differences. So could you tell me, Eddie, primarily what was the first thing you noticed or what were the culture shocks, initial culture shocks upon you moving there? I think... I would go away. I would not share today the 
how should I say, mainstream thoughts. Like, I think mm. people already know Korea is very disciplined, similar to Japan, similar to China. Because I don't want to go to that discussion where, oh, Filipinos are so undisciplined. But I would say that one of the biggest shocks for me when I came here would be how much value they put into work. And why do I say this? For example, if I go to a restaurant here in Korea, you're expected to bring your own tray back to the counter. You don't have waiters. When you pay, you also have to go to the counter and pay. Because in that sense, there is a certain sense of dignity they put into jobs here. Let's say in the Philippines, if you want to get a massage, you, get a, you can get a massage for as low as, what, 100 pesos? Minsan, I don't know, mahal na siguro yung 500, di ba? But here, let's say, service to jobs are also paid quite well. So, so every time I go home to the Philippines, it now makes me feel very uncomfortable comfortable to see customers ordering staff around in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Na parang napakabastos pa nga, di ba? Minsan, you're, you're, they're treating them like they're a lower level or a lower class. When in fact here, it seems like work has dignity, which I like. I think that's a positive shock. Of course, I had to adjust also how I adapt. I have to now be comfortable with self-service, right? With me being able to do things on my own. But that's something that came as a shock, but not necessarily as a, something negative. So I think that was one of the things that I really felt when once I came here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to go to the deep or the darker stuff. Of course, there are a lot of things I can share, but let's not go into that yet. <laughs> oh, not yet. Oh, maglight light mo na ngayon. Tapos, how about yung sa work? Or am I getting dark here na? How about with the work culture? How different is the work culture in South Korea? Because I do hear na meron ang overwork culture. Hmm. Uh, is this true? How was your experience? In my case, similar to, to your friend who did his podcast on Japan, it's quite similar where because you're working for a multinational company, they're a bit more focused on work-life balance. They're also a bit more focused on making sure that their employees are well taken care of, not just, of course, monetarily, but also on the work environment. But of course, being someone who works in human resources in my company here, I do get to see what's happening outside as well. So there is still that culture of overwork. And sometimes it's quite hard to take that away. And just to give context, some context to everyone, Korea, you may or may not know it, has really industrialized on a very accelerated pace compared to other countries. And that would not have happened if it was not for a very high hierarchical work culture because industrialization or let's say if you want to really grow fast as a country of course it starts with building factories building these structures where you really have to follow orders follow orders fast follow orders accurately and for some time in the past it worked well it worked well to make sure that korea was really a country that can advance into the 21st century but those kinds of attitudes may not necessarily work right now uh, in this new age and unfortunately a lot of those attitudes still remain because a lot of your let's say bosses or management staff live through that phase of rapid industrialization and not mm-hmm. yet of globalization so in that sense, there is still that overwork culture where as long as the boss is still in the office, you cannot go home. People here try to sense the atmosphere a lot. That's something that you need to learn once you work here in Korea is you really have to read the mood. There's a Korean term, they call it. They call it nunchi. Nunchi means like you really have to sense the atmosphere or the or the social, let's say, social atmosphere around you. That still prevails here in any interactions that I have as well. So overwork culture is true. I think you can Google it. And I think for me, I just wanted to provide some context. I think Google can provide more details to your, to your listeners. But I just wanted to provide that background as to why it still persists here in Korea. Yeah, yeah, it's enlightening to see that this is like a historical thing, and overwork is because yun nga mabilis yung pace ng South Korea ng advancement the same way with Japan. Hi, my name is Janine, and I am inviting you to come listen to my podcast called Adulting Millennials, where I talk about lifestyle and adulting how tos. Here in the Philippines. Available on all podcast platforms and powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. So, you said, Edina, high context country ang South Korea, no? And people read the atmosphere. 
And this is with regard also to the language, with the way you use Korean. So how difficult was it for you to learn Korean? Are you fluent already in reading and writing? It's true that learning the alphabet would only take you less than a week. I think that's what I really love about how they structured their language system. And that's why the king who made that language system is so well revered here in Korea because it's really easy for anyone to start learning the language in just in terms of learning the characters on how to read Korean. However, it's one of the most difficult languages to learn, similar to Chinese and Japanese, because they do come from very similar grammar structures. I think for me, it wasn't so difficult because I did have a background in Chinese or Mandarin already. And there are a lot of shared words between Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. Let me give you an example. Library. In Chinese, it's tushukwan. In Japanese, it's toshokan, I think. Something like that. In Korean, it's tosokan. So it's not so, right? It sounds so similar. Yeah. And in that sense, there are certain words in those three languages that I've already acquired in the past. So it's, and in terms of grammar structures are quite similar. And I think because if you learn Mandarin or Chinese, it makes your accent a bit softer. So it makes you really adjust to a wider range of of tones uh, once you speak the language. So it wasn't so difficult for me, at least to learn. I'm still learning. I wouldn't say that I'm fluent already. I would say that I, I can understand I listen well, but speaking still is a challenge because I'm also not in a position where I talk to a lot of locals as well. Mm. And even though I work in my company, they still tend to speak to me in English because uh, work is work. If you say something wrong in Korean and I misunderstand it, then that can lead to issues. So it's better for us to be aligned. (laughs) But I do encourage everyone, if you do want to work in Korea, try to learn the language in the Philippines. There are a lot of excellent resources. There are a lot of excellent institutions in the Philippines also who are able to, to instruct on the language and it's really going to make your life a lot easier once you're able to learn Korean because I would say that locals here are quite helpful for foreigners if they know that you're a foreigner but they may not necessarily speak English as well as people in Hong Kong or Singapore so yeah I think that's my mm-hmm. advice yeah and how are the people there how, how are your interactions with South Koreans Koreans are very slow to warm up because there's always that negative bias against them that they're cold, that they're not friendly. But the reality is they are quite friendly. It just really takes a lot of time and effort to, uh, in Filipino, how should I say this? Para makuha yung kanilang kilite, right? Mm. It really is not that easy. I think that's one of the biggest adjustments that I had to have or I would say as a culture shock because even in the company you would expect that for example example you live in a uh, you work in a multinational that the culture will be the same but the culture is so different in the Philippines it's quite easy to eventually build deeper relationships with your colleagues even extending beyond the work relationship diba means yeah. yeah, we tend to invite each other for you know casual meetups kain lang sa labas or yeah. even in weddings even in important life events you're able to really have to really invite your colleagues because at some point they become your extended family but here in Korea there is a clear distinction between you're a colleague you may not necessarily be my friend we cannot be friends because we're colleagues Ganon. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. even within their own social structures, parang my classification din na iba yung college friend sa high school friend, right? <laughs> iba yung so ang hirap, mahirap talaga na pag yung expectation mo dito eh ah I'm gonna make a lot of friends in the office. That might not necessarily happen, right? The most mm-hmm. you can have is really a professional relationship. Uh because mahirap din to break through that barrier na meron na silang nilagay na limitations as to who you are to them. If you're able to make a friend in the office like a genuine friend, malaking bagay na yun, right? But I wouldn't want people to be discouraged in, kunare, they haven't experienced to work here and if they say, oh, bakit ang hirap magkaroon ng kaibigan sa opisina? It's not about you. It's just the society. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but you just have to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. So people, they're like compartmentalizing correct, the correct, people they correct. know. Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. And and what else, Eddie, in terms of like how society operates there? What do you notice? In terms of how society operates here, let me take this first from 
or just from a perspective of living here. Living here is safe. It's stable. I think that's something that I really appreciate. And I would say that on the outside, it seems like everything is normal, which is fine, I guess. Siguro, it's same as studying in Ateneo. There's a certain sense of peace, right? Or stability. Mm. If you go on it on a deeper level, it becomes increasingly complex. First, let me share the fact that it's a highly competitive society. Everybody here wants to be number one. It's not like in the Philippines where parents can just tell you, follow your dreams or do mm. what you love. <laughs> Dito talaga, I think, it really is a competition in all aspects, whether it's work, whether it's studies, whether it's social status, everything is a competition. And that really leads to the fact that there are a lot of instances of mental um, mental health issues here in this country, right? Even among developed countries, Korea has a high suicide rate. And I think similar to other Asian cultures, mental health is still highly stigmatized in this, in this society. So in that sense, if you really want to live here, start a family here, you have to be aware that it's not going to be as easy as living in the Philippines, where you have a lot of options for schooling, where you have a lot of options on how you can raise a child because here certain structures even the educational structure is still very very traditional uh, it's quite similar to china where they have a standardized university exam or like an sat and that really determines how your life goes moving forward here in this wow. country if wow. you get into a good university then you're set for life if you don't then you have more limited options unfortunately and that kind of educational system is what i think is keeping koreans let's say competitive but sometimes i think in the future it's also going to make koreans less competitive globally ang masasabi ko lang matatalino ang mga koreano they're really smart 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 in individuals but one thing that can they can develop further is critical thinking which mm-hmm. is something that you can learn in Ateneo because in Ateneo for example or in schools in the Philippines let's say university professors they would really challenge you to think and they're really open even if you try to disprove them for example pero dito more on memorization even mm-hmm. things that you don't necessarily need to learn pinapamemorize sa and that doesn't sometimes translate necessarily well to a very global work setting siguro in a traditional Korean company gagana siya if you're someone who follows orders well you'd do okay but if you're someone who's asked to tackle difficult issues, problems, challenges, the educational system here might not be worth it. So mm. I think that kind of competitiveness in work, school, there are pros, but there are also cons. So mahirap, mahirap din dito. If especially you're born as a local, it's quite hard to keep up with society. And I think on top of that, even the gender differences are still quite apparent here in this country. Mm-hmm. Gender differences in terms of male, female, and even how they view those of the LGBTQ community as well. So meron paring malaking gap in terms of let's say opportunities for males for females even in corporate setting there's still pay gaps between genders there's still limited opportunities for women to go to higher executive positions or senior management positions as well so of course k-pop k-dramas they present a good side of korea and and that's fine because that's soft power they want you to be interested in the country but living here is very very different don't even get me into discrimination of filipinos there's still a a lot of things to discuss yeah Oo nga, parang ang dami. So, yeah, you mentioned the differences between men and women and LGBTQ. Apart from the pay gap, is there any other way where, where this reflects very strongly? One other thing where, one other area, at least in work, where it reflects strongly is it's quite difficult for women here to go on maternity leaves because sometimes certain companies don't guarantee your regular job back once you go back to, once you come out of the maternity leave. Mm -hmm. So you would notice a lot of mothers quitting their jobs, but afterwards, they really just get temporary jobs afterwards. So now people are starting to think, is it really worth it to even start a family if I have to sacrifice my career? And that really contributes also to the falling birth rate of Korea. I think this country is now has the lowest birth rate in Asia. Back then, this is Japan. Now, we're even worse than Japan. So, 
uh, it's not even one, right? It's below one. The I think it's in decimal points. Uh, the birth rate in this country. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's one of the things that where you would see that there's an apparent gap in terms of opportunity for male and female, and that's sparking really a gender war in this country, where the government is now trying to push for more opportunities for females. So good for them. I think that's that's great. Even me, I support that. But at the same time, the males are starting to feel that opportunities are taking are being taken away from them because mm. in the Philippines you can start working as young as 21 years old after you graduate from a good university and whatnot but in Korea men are expected to serve in the military for two years and two mm-hmm. years is a long time it's really taking away from your youth and for them because of that military service they're getting less opportunities and the females are getting more opportunities than them even though if you look at statistics within companies there's still a lot of unfair structures that do not let women gain the most out of their of their work experience so it's a very very complicated situation here i wouldn't say who's right who's wrong pero meron talagang mga bagay na unfair for both sides of the table and unfortunately mm-hmm. politicians are trying to use those things to keep people apart na parang meron ditong mga meron ditong more liberal meron din mga more conservative and minsan yung gender naging sensitive topic siya when it comes to 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 these things and coupled with high real estate prices it's super expensive here i think a decent apartment here one room for example i don't know in philippine peso is around minimum 25 million 30 million pesos <gasps> to buy to buy to buy oh so gosh. in Seoul in Seoul okay mm-hmm. so so people who have dreams of coming here make sure you you have a good financial plan because it's not easy to to start a life here without the support of a company or let's say without let's say if you don't go, get married to a local for example mahirap hindi siya madali mm-hmm. I think I want to also manage expectations that people would say oh Korea that's somewhere I want to go to and there are aspects here that I really love I really love Korea with its safety the fact that there's still nature you can enjoy a lot of things living here pero if you're gonna really start from the ground up to start a family buying your own place or your apartment here in decent living conditions then you would have to manage your expectations yeah yeah it seems like yeah it's very mahirap <laughs> you know take away ko ngayon medyo mahirap tumira sa South Korea but Eddie can you tell me about your day-to-day life so Ang sarili mo namang experience with living there. Could you elaborate to me? Day-to-day life is, of course, because I'm still a working professional, I have to get, uh, well, good thing is I have a flexible working time. So I t- typically get up at 7.30 or 8.00. I go to the office at 9.00. I leave the office at 6.00. And commuting time is not an issue because transportation here is super efficient. I just take 20 minutes to get home, I think. I just transfer once in the subway and I can even take an alternative option of taking a bus if I just want to see the wonderful views outside. <laughs> so uh-huh. unlike in the Philippines where community, where sometimes I have to spend, let's say, three hours minimum to commute here mm-hmm. what 40 minutes per day and then i still get to enjoy my life afterwards my life after work i can still cook i can still take a stroll across the han river i can still do some grocery shopping i can still sometimes go to the mall or watch a movie or have a nice dinner i wouldn't say that i have a standard routine but i would just say that i do appreciate my work-life balance here a bit more than that of the philippines yep. mm-hmm yeah, and you you mentioned a while ago malakas ang soft power ng Korea because of all of the the media that they put put out to the world. Is it appreciated in the same level there as it is globally? Globally, I would say there's still a larger appreciation globally. I think which I think is normal because dito if you see it every day, you live with it, you hear the music in the streets, it feels very normal. Pero syempre, if you're in the Philippines, everything seems new and foreign. Syempre, kasi mm. ang comparison mo sa Philippines would be, by the way, I am an advocate of original Filipino music as well. But of course, yes. sometimes you would want to also hear something different, right? And something novel. And I would say that's the experience. Here in Korea, I would just say that K-pop's not the only, let's say, aspect of the culture that is popular. 
there are a lot of variety of entertainment also that people can take. Actually, a lot of the popular shows here right now are more variety shows, for example. Not so mm. much on like music shows, because there music shows that are popular. Siyempre, K-pop, diba? Of course, K-dramas are also popular here, but there's actually more competition. Because in the Philippines, it's very filtered din kasi yung types of drama that you can watch. Minsan through Netflix, major mm. limited yung selection nila, diba? Dito kasi, syempre, mas maraming option, mas maraming competition. So, popular din naman dito yung mga baggage in sa Philippines that you experience, pero not as much, I would say. Siguro, aside from K-pop, another thing that I want to discuss is that perception that Koreans, yung Korean food is lagging samgyopsal, right? Yung, <laughs> right? Or, uh, na ganun kumain ng Koreans, it's not true. Okay. Samgyopsal is just eaten usually for special occasions. Pero dyan sa Philippines, kasi parang ang lagging maraming only samgyopsal. Parang there's a perception na this is something, you know, accessible. Pero the typical Korean diet is just what? Vegetables. Side dishes. So parang marami siyang pinaprepare na maliliit na side dishes. And then you just mm-hmm. eat it with rice. Meat is just like a small portion. Kaya kaya ang ang Koreans very healthy whether they like it or not kasi very balanced yung diets nila mga Pilipino lang talaga kasi very indulgent in terms of you know eating laging no. may fat laging heavy so but that's one bias that I want to dispel no samgyeopsal is not like the typical <laughs> Korean food okay tayo tayo lang yung yung gumawa ng ganung perception okay so Uh-oh. so yun <laughs> oh baka naiisip ko yung mga South Koreans na nagpupunta sa Pinas na si shock na but ang daming samgyeopsal oh, oh, na restaurants dito <laughs> even my friends who go to the Philippines when they go to the Philippines when I brought one of them to like a samgyeopsal restaurant mas kinain pa nila yung side dishes kasi yung side dishes just yun talaga yung everyday na kinakain nila with just small bowl of rice, some soup, a uh, small fish dish, uh, and that's it, right? For them, hindi sila sanay sa Filipino food. Sa kanila, parang masarap siya pang pulutan, which is true, mm. kasi may very heavy, yeah. very rich, di ba? Pero, yes binombard ko sila ng sisig, adobo, yung mga ganong klaseng pagkain. Parang, shit, hinahanap na nila yung kimchi pagkatapos. They need uh-huh. that palate cleanser kasi hindi sila sanay. And I would say that Korean food also in general is a bit more bland. So yun actually yung major adjustment ko nung pumunta ako dito na, but parang kulang sa, kulang sa, sa, Asin, sa, sa, sa asim, sa, sa alat, sa, sa tamis. Pero ganun lang talaga dito. Medyo, medyo may pagka-bland yung pagkain. Pero you'd get to adjust to it. Actually, ako ngayon, major, hindi na ako sanay sa Filipino food. Pag umuwi ako, parang inahanap ko na rin yung kimchi, yung something to cleanse the palate. So, so yun. Mm-hmm. Same here, oo. Kasi bland din yung pagkain dito. Diba? Very rich talaga ang pagkain sa Pinas. Tapos, oh, naisip ko ngayon, kaya siguro nagkaka-pimples ang maraming Pilipino kasi very oily ang food natin. Totoo, diba? totoo. So, I think that's one thing that people tend to, how should I say, to underestimate yung diet talaga. Yung, kasi parang mga tao, oh, but hindi ako, why do pumapayat. I still, oh, di ako pumapayat. <laughs> but pero pag kinakain mo talaga, araw-araw. And I don't think it's to the detriment of Filipinos din naman. Kasi, kung iisipin mo, in terms of Filipino home cooking, hindi rin malaki yung variety of vegetables. Kung may vegetable man, merong gata, merong soy sauce, di ba? Parang it's not really still the the healthy options, I would say. So, not to put any blame on our culture, pero yung options talaga, I think, are a bit more limited. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Hey there, this is Mish, and I'm inviting you to listen to Season 4 of Mish Conceptions. We're back with more topics to guide you through adulting, push you towards building a successful career, or help you towards self-improvement. A lot of our experiences in our lives are brought by malingakala or unmanaged expectation. This podcast aims to debunk those misconceptions and help you grow into a better version of yourself. You'll be able to listen to the new episodes every Monday morning to give you the energy boost that you need to start your week. See you there! This Eddie, na mention mo kanina no na medyo mahirap to operate there as a Filipino. So, could you tell me your experience on that? I think 
there's still a bias against Filipinos here in Korea. And I would say it's, I don't really feel it so much because of my circumstances. Because major protected din ako eh. Kasi, syempre, I work for a multinational. Uh, I live in Seoul. I kind of look Korean. So, I don't really feel it. But sometimes when you ride the subway, of course, I hear things. And I understand things. And when you see TV, when you see how Filipinos are also depicted in TV, you would see that there is still a a backward view of what Filipinos are. And I don't blame the Koreans entirely because I think it also goes down to how media portrays Filipinos and how the education system portrays Filipinos. So let me give you an example. One of the most popular, I, I don't want to say most popular, but one of the more well-recognized TV shows here in Korea is the experience of immigrants, of foreign immigrants being married to locals, to Koreans, right? Mm-hmm. And you lagi nilang pinapakita dito is yung mga Filipinos who who come from poor provinces, right? Um, <laughs> who get married to Koreans here. So parang yeah. every time lumipad sila sa Pilipinas, makikita mo talaga dilapidated yung mga bahay, nasa probinsya talaga. So yun yung perception na nabubuo sa minds ng Koreans dito na, ah, Philippines is such a trashy place. They will never associate Philippines with Davao, Cebu, or BGC, Tagig, San Juan, Quezon City, these developed cities. Kasi yung image na nakikita nila lagi is yung talagang poorest of the poor. Di ba? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. siguro, pag meron kang makikitang commercials, okay, like UNICEF or these kinds of NGOs, pinapakita nilang image of the Philippines is lagi talaga yung poor side of the country. So, nakikita talaga nila na, ah, ito yung mga Pilipino. Yung mga talagang there's no civilization as to where they live. And another, another, I think, aspect that Koreans tend to forget also, and I don't want to say they forget it because they want to, but they just don't know, is the fact that Philippines and Korea have had very strong diplomatic relations in way, way back even. In the Korean War, Filipinos really volunteered to support the liberation of South Korea. And not mm-hmm. a lot of students here know about that. Kasi wala siya sa history books nila. Pero kung titingnan mo, the highest, let's say, medals or awards that are given to military staff here in Korea, I think two of those are given to Filipinos. And people don't know this. They don't know right. that Filipinos actually helped save country or build South Korea. And that's such a shame. Na yeah. For them, Filipinos are always gonna be these low-class helpers, domestic helpers, or yung talagang nasa provincia, yung mga nasa provincia talaga, or let's say foreign brides. But they really don't know na ang daming na-contribute ng Philippines sa pagbuo ng bansang to. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps to see Filipinos being represented slowly here in Korea. Uh, of course, everybody knows Squid Game and the Filipino actor who, who became part of that drama. And it's good to have a bit more exposure, but that's it's still a long way to go. There's still a lot of negative perceptions of, of Filipinos uh, here in, in this country. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I think that's like one of the cons of having a very homogenous society is that even me, outs- yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, even me when I introduce myself, sometimes I tend to say, "Shit, should I introduce myself as Filipino, or should I introduce <laughs> myself as of Chinese ancestry?" And I'm not kidding. Sometimes I tell, "Oh, I'm, I'm." They call it hagyo, right? That's a Korean term for saying you're a you're a Chinese immigrant, which is kind of true because my family or my my previous generations moved to the Philippines from China. Of course, I don't have a drop of Filipino blood in me. But sometimes I feel like if I have to introduce myself as a Chinese immigrant and not as a Filipino because I would get discriminated, that's just that's such a sad thing to do. You know? Yeah. Na parang ako rin minsan, mahal ko Pilipinas. I would always say if China tries to invade us, I will still fight for the Philippines. Pero <laughs> for me to have a full experience here of not being discriminated, sometimes I really have to go down to the fact that I have to introduce myself as something else, which is a bit sad. Yun lang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ang sad, grabe. 
Sana nga in the future, mas maganda na yung image ng mga ng Pilipina. Sana, sana, sana. I mean, I mean it helps a lot that Filipinos are really the largest consumer, I would say, of Korean soft power. Oh my god, kun, yeah. kun, I mean, 'di ba? Just think of how much impact Korean dramas, Korean actors and K-pop have in in the Philippines. Pag umuwi nga ako, minsan yung mga billboard puro, oh, but may mga K-pop stars na dito sa mga billboard natin, 'di ba? And I hope culture would bridge that gap eventually. Pero at the same time, I think there is still a lot of work to do on both sides to really improve those those that image as well. Yeah, definitely. And Eddie, do you see yourself living there long term? I do. I see myself living here in the long term just because I would also say that this is still an environment that I'm willing to take a risk in to eventually have build a life. Sa akin lang kasi, of course, I love the Philippines as a country. Of course, dyan ako, dyan ako lumaki. Most of my friends also still live in the Philippines, diba? But in terms of standard of living, I would want my kids to live in an environment where it's safe, where they can enjoy nature, where there is stability. Yeah, I would want to, I, I do want to build a life here. Does that mean that I'm disowning the Philippines? I don't think so. Eventually, if I do have a family here, I would still want at some point in their lives to introduce to them this side of them that they may not necessarily know about. And I would say that it's not gonna be easy. I'm sure if people find out that they're not pure Koreans, they may face discrimination as well. But I want to show them a side that The future is all about diversity and having both a Korean side and a Chinese Filipino side to you is something that you can take advantage of and that's something to be proud of. So, uh, yun, I think for me, I would want to stay here. I'm sorry if I'm jumping the question. For me personally, the grass is greener here. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, but, but, but might not be for some. It's hard to start a life here without any support. I'm thankful for the the support that the comp- my company has given me. But if you're going to start from the ground up, you have to do a lot of work. And um, my suggestion for anybody who wants to start a life here is for young aspiring Filipinos, study here first. Or if not here, study the language in the Philippines. Then I would recommend you to start getting some part-time work. Because if you're on a student visa, they do allow you to get some part-time jobs, start to build your language ability, start to learn about the culture, try to really know the nuances, and eventually work towards permanent residency. And the wonderful thing about Korea is they do have a program, they call it the Social Integration Program, where you have to take five levels of classes of around 80 to 100 hours for each level, and they really teach you about the language, they teach you the language, they teach you the culture, and once you pass until at least the fourth level, you can start applying for a permanent residency visa, which is an F visa. And if you pass the fifth level, you can apply for naturalization or citizenship. For me, I would still recommend for people to work towards the permanent residency first. Naturalization is good, but there are also things you have to give up if you want to become a citizen. Lagi my pros and cons naman yan. But for me personally, I'm working towards my permanent residency visa first. And if things go well, eventually, then I might get the citizenship. So, yun. Nice. Thank you so much, Eddie, for sharing with us your experience. Tapos, <laughs> Wala man yeah. Is there any uh, social media that you want to mention in case people want to know more or do they just come to me for any questions? I think wala kasi akong active social media. I mean, I don't have a social media page. Well, I do have a Facebook account, but I also don't add people I don't know. So, yeah. unfortunately, I also value my privacy. But if they do have questions, they can course it through you. Uh, and then yeah. I'm more than happy to to answer, to provide also some some feedback to them in case may mga tanong din sila. Uh, so, yun. I'm a very private person. You can't even search for my FB profile in, in, in Google. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're really interested to connect to learn about the culture then yeah they can connect through you first and eventually if if things go well then I can allow people to contact me personally as well yep alright so for anybody who has questions for Eddie you can reach out to me or you can just look at the links in the show notes for information about South Korea and if you like this show 
Do follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok na may laman na at The Greener Side Podcast or you can send us an email at thegreenersidepodcast at gmail.com. Maraming salamat sa pagtangkilik ninyo at sa mga message ninyo na talaga namang nakakatouch. You guys are the reason we do this. Uh, yun. Thank you so much. I'm Kring Laxon with Adrian D. And this is The Greener Side. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.